March has arrived, and for West Virginia, that means the Big 12 tournament is upon us. The Mountaineers defeated TCU on Saturday to close the regular season, and the slate is now wiped clean, with West Virginia playing Kansas State in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. I am joined by Aaron Parker and Zachary Anderson as we discuss our opinions on West Virginia's chances in Kansas City while looking at what has to go right if the Mountaineers want to make a run. This is the BlueGoldSports.com podcast. What's going on, everyone? We're back with the BlueGoldSports.com podcast. I'm your host, Wesley Shoemaker, to join by Aaron Parker, as usual, and we're joined by a new special guest, uh, head sports editor at the Daily Athenaeum, the West Virginia University School newspaper, uh, Zach Anderson. Zachary, thank you for joining us. Um, today on today's podcast, we're going to talk about West Virginia's Senior Day victory versus TCU, as well as get into our predictions for this week in Kansas City. So with that being said, obviously West Virginia picked up a much-needed win, 70-64 victory on Saturday over TCU. Mountaineers led for 30 minutes, kind of controlled the game until late, obviously, when TCU battled back, but the Mountaineers uh, stood tall, won the game. Aaron, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the TCU game and just what you liked from the Mountaineers on Saturday? Watching that game, the Mountaineers played well. They, um, They led for most of the way. It was the Taz Sherman show as expected. Um, he took over early. I think he had like 10 points in the first 10 minutes of the of the first half. I think he had 13 or 14 um, at the end of the first half. He was making threes early. Um, he took over down the stretch. WVU got some production from other players. Their seniors, well, three, two of their seniors, um, and Malik and um, Sean reached double figures. Sean didn't shoot particularly well, and neither did Malik. But down the stretch, um, Sean got to the line. I think he got to the line a couple of times on a technical and and Malik he he, he scored some buckets but uh, you know he didn't shoot well I think the big thing was WVU's defense down the stretch they um they got to another point in this in, in the game where they were they were leading late and they did not collapse this time and that was by playing good defense so um, they got it done on the defensive end Zach um West Virginia is now headed to the big 12 tournament um but before they get there, there were some awards announced last night. Obviously, Gabo Saboyan, co-defensive player of the year. That's big time. Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil were both named to two different teams within the Big 12. What has their impact been to you this season? And how big do you think they were to keep this team just floating for the, most, for the majority of the year? Um, those three players probably were the most impactful players that we've had all season, of course. Uh, our two leading scorers and Taz and Sean. Uh, and then Gabe, he's a presence everywhere, defense, offense. Um, he's always a presence. So those three guys deserve those awards. And them being on that list is something important for uh, West Virginia basketball moving forward. And uh, Gabe, especially being co-defensive player of the year, that is a great accomplishment for him. And um, with all the charges he takes, the steals, the perimeter defense he plays, I think he really deserves um, that recognition. Yeah, I think for me, when you see a guy like Gabe who can guard one through five and is not afraid to step out there and is not afraid to just do different things, I think him getting the title of co-defensive player of the year is well-deserved. Obviously, Taz, we could argue that he was snubbed. Um, When you're the second leading scorer in the league, averaging 18 points a game, it's hard to not crack the first team. Obviously, the Big 12 is so deep this year. But I do think he deserved a spot on that first team. 
Um, that's neither here nor there at this point. And then Sean, good for him. He was up and down big time this year, obviously, as it's been well, well documented. Good for him to get some recognition there. Uh, moving on, uh, Wednesday night, West Virginia, Kansas State in Kansas City. Um, Mountaineers split with the Wildcats this year. Uh, beat them 71-68 early in January, lost to them 78-73 late in February. I feel like two different Mountaineer teams played then. If you, and what I mean by that is when they played Kansas State early on, they were, they were still confident. They were still flying around. Um, and then when they were played them the second time, they were in the middle of their skid. And I do think, though, them winning against TCU – helps Kansas State has lost five straight so that's also not a bad thing for West Virginia but Aaron I want to start with you just what are your overall thoughts on the game itself between these two teams what do you expect from West Virginia and do you think West Virginia can take any momentum from TCU into Wednesday night I sure I sure think they can you know it's, it's hard to tell with this team it's hard to tell with this bunch um, you know you kind of thought they might take some momentum after they beat Iowa State at home, and then they got back on another losing skid. So you can't really tell. I think they will, though. Um, that was a big win against TCU. Pretty good crowd for given the circumstances. So I think they will. I think the big thing is Nigel Pack is so good, such a good score, such a, you know, he's an elite three-point shooter. Well, if you look at the last game, he was the third leading scorer for Kansas State. Usually he's carrying all the load, almost like a Tad Sherman presence. And WVU let um, Mark Smith and Marquise Knoll get – you know, I think Mark Smith had 17, Noel had 21, and and Pack didn't even shoot well. So you just know Pack's going to bring it. Um, I think he's going to get his either way. I think he'll probably get 20 plus. Um, and WV's got to shut down the other guys. And down the stretch, if it's a close game, you know the Wildcats are going to go to Pack. He's made some clutch shots um, down the stretch this season. So they got to they got to lock him up, and then they got to they got to secure the other players. Yeah, one thing for me, I think, which we saw on against TCU on Saturday is West Virginia finally closed the door on somebody. And there's been so many times this year where they're, they've led with under 10 minutes left. And at the end of the night, they're on the losing side of things. I think one thing that sticks out to me from the second time they played Kansas State was, as you said, Nigel Pack went 4-15 from the field, scored only 13 points. And Huggins, after the game, did say that we tried to make the other guys beat us. And I think that frustrated pack a little bit. So hopefully if you're West Virginia, you can do that again. Zach, I want to get your thoughts on the game too. Just what you think West Virginia's keys to victory are and where you think they can be exploited against Kansas state. So uh, I, I hate to continue to go on pack, but he's such a good player. You can't ignore his talents. Um, he hurts the West Virginia every game, even though against our, uh, what was it, February 14th, a loss. He um, didn't hurt the team too well. He shot he shot poorly, but um, he's always a threat inside the paint on the perimeter. He's an elite perimeter shooter, like Aaron said. Um, but I think the keys to victory will be keeping keeping the guards on the perimeter. We've noticed – I've noticed in past games against Kansas State this season um, that they usually like to uh, slash to the basket and kick out for three-pointers a lot. And um, that's something that West Virginia will need to uh, – contain they'll need to contain that perimeter offense and also um mark smith as aaron mentioned um has scored double digits in both of the games against uh, west virginia this year and i think keeping him out of the scoring column will be important moving forward too so and then if we're talking about keeping the guards on the perimeter if you look back at the game in manhattan how many times did marquise Knoll and nigel pack and then some other guys get a one-on-one -on -one matchup with isaiah cottrell or what 
Demon Kerrigan, Jalen Bridges, somebody like that. I mean, Marquis Noah is five eight. Um, Nigel Pack is probably what six foot, six one, or something like that. That's just not. A, that's a mismatch every day. And how many times do they get downhill and either get a layup, or if they didn't finish, they got to the line. So that can't happen again. To your point, Aaron, I do think that mismatches with this West Virginia team have been more common than we're used to seeing. Their defense has not been great this year, and I think that is well known. However, I will say over the past two or three weeks, I feel like Cottrell has taken a step forward, especially on the defensive end. I feel like guys have started to buy in more, and I think that is a good thing heading to a tournament like this. But obviously – Another thing that I think is a big thing is free throws. First time when these two teams played, Kansas State shot seven free throws. Second time, Kansas State shot 39. Like, that's – they got 31 points at the line and beat West Virginia by five. Like, West Virginia has to be able to guard without fouling. They have to be able to guard inside in the post without – without fouling. And as Zach said, and he alluded to, when Kansas State slashes and cuts – can't reach you got to stay in front you got to keep your man in front so if West Virginia can keep Kansas State off the free throw line I really do think it gives them a good chance to win yeah um I've seen a couple times this WVU team is not great when a team back cuts um I think we probably had some examples of that in Stillwater when Oklahoma State had a dunk contest against the Mountaineers and some other um instances um where where guys just slash and back cut and this team doesn't stay with them whether it be you know Sean um or you know, some other guys that just that can't stay with them. And I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. Kedrian Johnson is, is playing hurt. I'm sure he's trying really hard out there and he's made some good plays. He made a big steal against TCU. But if somebody's back cutting all day, it might be tough for him to stay stay with his man. So. Yeah, I think Kedrian's health is obviously a big thing. I do think the four day, three day layoff helps a little bit. Obviously, no one's going to be 100 percent this time of year, but however close you can get to 100%, not having to play a game since Saturday before Wednesday helps. I think what hurts Keedy is if West Virginia does beat Kansas State and then they have to play back-to-back nights and keep going if they do keep winning, that's your best perimeter defender besides Gabe. If Gabe gets into foul trouble, you're, you're kind of screwed in that aspect. And as we know, the Big 12 is full of guards and everyone has good guard play, so that could be a problem. Realistically speaking now, um, Mountaineers are the nine seed. I did I did some research today. I think since this tournament began in 1997, only three times has a seed lower than a seven seed made the final. And also only three times has the number one seed dropped their first game. Meaning if West Virginia were to beat Kansas State, they'd have to play number one Kansas in Kansas City. Not ideal. It's more of a home game for Kansas than any anyone else in this tournament we see that on a yearly basis but Aaron I will start with you how far do you think West Virginia can go do you think they are out of the first round do you think they can beat Kansas State beat Kansas make it to the semis how far do you see this team going um after the TCU game I want to say that that they can beat Kansas State. Well, I know they can beat Kansas State, but I want to say they will beat Kansas State and um, and have even more momentum for a game against Kansas. WVU has played Kansas a thousand times in Kansas City, and there's been some great games. So just because this team isn't as good, I think if they can get past Kansas, they can have a good game with Kansas. That being said, um, I don't see any scenario where they beat Kansas in Kansas City. Um, but um, I, I, you know, this this team is is so up and down. You just don't know which version of the team you're going to get. So 
I think I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I think the only real, real disappointment is if they come out and, and no show and don't show up because Kansas State's not a bad team. You can, you know, WVU can play well and have a couple mistakes and they might lose. But um, I think they'll win. Um, it'll be really disappointing if they no show to end the season, though. Zach? Uh, I have to agree on, with Aaron on this aspect. Um, Kansas State, I think, is a very winnable game for the Mountaineers. And, but let's say they were to get past Kansas State. I think the road stops at Kansas. Um, Kansas has played above and beyond of West Virginia so far this season. Um, and I think uh, if – this is totally hypothetical, but if Kansas were to drop its first game to West Virginia, then I think the path would be easier for a Big 12 tournament final appearance um, after Kansas. But um, if I had to make a realistic prediction, I think the road ends at Kansas. Um, yeah, in, in Kansas City. So, Yeah, for me – I, I have to agree with you. I think West Virginia can get it done and will get it done on Wednesday. I just think when you have a core senior class like you do, as we talked about with Gabe, with Sean, with Taz, they've talked all season about they don't want to go outside. They don't want to, they don't want to have the season end in a bad way. And I think everyone now knows this is it. Like it's win or go home at this point. You're not going to the tournament unless you – Go make a huge run here. So do I think the seniors come out and play well? Yeah. Do I think they that can win them a game or two? Yes. Do I think that it beats Kansas State on Wednesday? Yes. But do I think that you can win back-to-back games and then beat the best team in the league in a basically a road game? I think that's – you're asking a bit much from this team. I do think West Virginia will beat – Kansas State, but I think they can hang with Kansas, but I just think Kansas's talent, Kansas's depth, Kansas's experience will be too much for the Mountaineers. Next thing I want to get into, though, is Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil. Two of the streakier guys um, that we've seen this, this year. Obviously, we know both can make shots, make any shot um, at times. Obviously, Taz can create more than Sean, but Sean is still a threat when he gets going. Um, Let's say Taz and Sean do get going. How far do you think those two can carry? Let's say Taz and Sean both get hot against Kansas State and they stay hot. Like those are two scores. And we've seen in the past, just with different teams, not even in the Big 12 tournament, just in the NCAA tournament, that when you have a go-to score and you can play some level of defense, that that score can take you places, Aaron. So I want to get your opinion on how far you think Taz and Sean can take you. They can take you very far if they're both hot. We've seen that even dating back to last year when the team had had Deuce McBride and Derek Culver. There are some games, I want to say Baylor at home, that overtime heartbreaker. I want to say Taz had 20-plus. Sean had in the teens, and he had like a five-minute stretch where he scored like 12 points. Um, so that can propel you to victory right there. To be honest with you, I don't think it's going to happen um, just because, you know, Sean has been so up and down this season. I don't think it's just going to magically, you know, be right. It could, you know, a guy like that, he can get hot just like that. But um, I don't see that happening. I think Taz will take over. And I think we'll, we'll continue to see more from uh, Malik Curry, to be honest with you. But to answer your question, if, if Sean and Taz are consistent or hot, then you could beat K-State and, and hang with Kansas at that point. But Kansas is so good with their guards, you know, Abaji and Brown. So you'd almost have to have Sean and Taz get hot to even stay in the game. Zach? 
watching basketball over the years, I've seen plenty of college basketball games with great prolific scorers. And I would have to say that Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil, when they're at their hottest, are some of the best scorers I've seen. They're pure scorers. They can hit jumpers in your face. They can drive to the hoop. Well, maybe not Sean McNeil as much, but you know what I mean. Um, they, can both, they can both score on you at will whenever they're at their hottest. And um, that can take you a long way, having two great scorers like that, like Aaron said. Um, but I think – yeah, Kansas. If they come out in their best performance against Kansas State, it's definitely a realistic way, um, win there. Um, but Kansas is just their powerful, a powerful uh, offense and a good defensive team. And I think that even at, in their hottest moments, uh, Taz and and uh, Sean won't get you past that. I think, but they do have some of the greatest scoring ability. I think I've seen. Even with Sean and Taz getting going against Kansas, there's so many mismatches at Kansas. Yeah. presents I mean David McCormick against, against lineup any Mountaineer interior players a mismatch and Jalen Wilson is tall and can score and shoot and then that's not even talking about maybe Naismith player of the year Abaji and then Brown there's just so many mismatches on that team yeah yeah you, you talk about mismatches Aaron and I'll start with Zach here is that in 2019 we saw a West Virginia tournament team come in here win their first round game and then beat second seed Texas Tech, and you saw them do it with guys who you didn't see on the floor for the majority of the regular season. My question is, do you think Huggins will shrink his lineup, and do you think he will change any rotations to get guys like Kobe, Seth, Jamel in these games, or do you think he's going to still stick with his same starting five, stick with his same rotations, put Malik in, put Keedy in? What do you think is going to happen, Zach? with roster construction and with who gets how many minutes? Um, given Huggins' track record this season, I feel like in the biggest moment, he'll stick with the lineup that works for him, that has been working for him in his eyes. Um, I think he'll stick with, like, the experienced players. Um, but obviously, he must, like, rotate in uh, definitely Seth Wilson and Kobe Johnson. He needs to give them minutes. I. I wrote about that in my preview earlier today, um, which will go out tomorrow. And I, I, I talked about how he needs to get those players minutes. He needs to get them experience on the biggest stage. But knowing what he's done before, I feel like he'll lean more towards the experience side rather than uh, throwing his guys into the fire, per se. I agree with that. And then in the TCU game, we didn't see much at all of Seth Wilson um, and Kobe Johnson. Saw a little bit of Kobe, but not hardly anything of Seth Wilson. Here's what I think. I think um, I don't know what the lineup's going to be for Hugs, but once he finds, I think he's going to he's going to stick with his guns whenever he finds his lineup. Going you, back you to that twenty nineteen numbers, you think he's not going to have 10, yes. 11 guys rotated, and you think he's going to go seven, eight? Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. I think he's going to shrink his numbers. If we're talking about that twenty nineteen run, um, I know some guys that already got kicked off the team, Ahmad and um, Wesley Harris, but that so they beat Oklahoma in their like playing game or whatever, and then they they matched up with Texas Tech, not just two seed Texas Tech, a Texas Tech team that went to the national overtime in the national championship, almost won the national championship. Um, in that game, I think Emmett Matthews had like 26, he didn't even get off the floor. Um, and then Jordan McCabe, Jermaine Haley, they did not get off the floor in that game. So if somebody gets hot early, whether it be Seth Wilson, whether it be more likely Malik Curry or, or somebody else. Hugs is going to stick with that because, um, you know, 
it's 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 all hands on deck and he's not going to put guys out there that aren't giving you much i agree i think a couple things one it's it's we're done with these experiments we're done with the oh we're going to go throw in isaiah oh we're going to go throw in gabe oh we're going to go throw in demon oh we're going to go throw in Polly and just see what works i think he's going to say i think this is going to work best if you beat it you beat it but we're not going to keep shuffling 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 because we can't have that one thing i will say to that point though aaron is i think that's the craziest part about march and i think that's what gives West Virginia just a puncher's chance against Kansas if they were to make it is that you don't know what can happen. Like they, their two guys could McCormick and Baji could have a bad night and you could see Taz go for 25. You could see Isaiah make a couple threes. You could see Gabe score 10, 12 points. You know, like if everything breaks right for West Virginia, they can beat anyone in this tournament. It's just a matter of how, how can they be that consistent to put that product on the floor? And I think West Virginia has shown at times that they are capable of hanging with these teams and playing to these teams as level. I'm just not sure where we're going to get that from. But if that does happen, I wouldn't necessarily be shocked just because one, it is March and crazy things happen, but also two, because they do have talent. It's just that the talent hasn't played to its level. Like, we could see JB go against Kansas and drop 20. And then if Taz gives you 25, you're already at 55 points. You know what I mean? Like 45 points. So mm-hmm. there's just ways it can happen. It's just, will those ways actually break for the Mountaineers and happen? Yeah, it's March is an amazing month. I mean, you got to expect the unexpected, even in a, in a conference tournament, as opposed to, you know, the big NCAA tournament. Um, that 2019 game, game against Texas Tech, I mean, everybody counted out the Mountaineers. That Texas Tech team had – Jarrett Culver, Davide Moretti, Tariq Owens, all those guys, Mooney. And and WVU had not just a bad record. They had a losing record. It was bad. And they came out they came out and beat them. And not just that, but, like, you know, other things. Like, I think WVU made the Big 12 finals one year. They matched up with against Iowa State, who they beat twice that year, beat them home and away. And Iowa State won the Big 12 tournament championship. You just – you can't predict anything. That's why it's it's exciting as a Mountaineer fan – even though the season hasn't gone as planned. Um, and I just, like, I wish that one of the freshmen would get in and just, like, be made in March. And who and knows if Seth, himself. like, two years ago yeah. against Ohio State, Miles McBride comes out of nowhere, drops 20 points. West Virginia beats the number two team in the country. Like, there's – it can happen. It's just a matter of what's the likelihood of it happening. And if it does happen, how does that affect everyone else? Yeah, the likelihood's probably not great, but you know you can never you can never count out a team, and you never count out a Bob Huggins team. And you know, hopefully, we get to see a, a new face emerge because it's March, and then hopefully that said person will have more years of eligibility. I think something that helps that um, helps this West Virginia team is that they they've done a lot of big man shuffle this year, trying to find who they think would fit the best scheme, fit what Huggins wants to do. And I think they've found that in Isaiah Cottrell for the most part this season. He's started to really come on, and I think that helps the Mountaineers that they found a, at least a, a consistent source of a, of a big man. I mean, uh, with so much shuffle, I mean, he's been trying so many different options. And sometime one night, one guy will work better than the other, and one night um, uh, Cottrell will not play well. And uh, But now Cottrell, I think, has hit his stride, and he's really found a spot 
um, in the rotation, a good spot in the rotation. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if it's a big man that's going to win West Virginia games, but I certainly think, to your point, Zach, is that a big man will have to be the difference if they want to stay it, stay in it defensively on the boards. Like, West Virginia has struggled mightily to rebound the ball. That is very uncharacteristic of a Bob Huggins team. And you just don't know. And I think that's the greatest part about March is that everything resets for West Virginia. Yes. The road in front of them is very hard. Yes. They have to climb a big mountain. They're probably, they're probably going to have to beat two of the top three teams in the league, like either Texas tech, Kansas, or Baylor. They're going to have to beat two of those teams if they want to win this tournament. But I just think the craziness of March and the craziness of who knows what can happen and the streakiness in these guys on this team could possibly prove to be the difference for the Mountaineers. Um, so going to Kansas State now, um, I want to get into predictions. Uh, Aaron, you go first, followed by Zach. What do you think? Who do you think wins? Why? And give me a score for the game. The Kansas State game? Yep. I'm going to go – Oh, geez. I'm going to go WVU by six. Um, we'll go, go 76-70. Um, I think Nigel Pack's going to get like 22. Uh, I think either Noel – I don't – Noel had 21 against the Mountaineers last time. I don't think he's going to do that again. I think McGurl will come to play. He had like nothing in the last contest. So McGurl will be pretty well. I think Taz Sherman is going to lead the Mountaineers per usual. Um, and I don't – you know, I think Malik Curry is going to be good. Malik Curry and, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe Sean will give you 11 or 12 or something yeah, I mean, like he's that. He's going to start scorching threes. He went 0 for 5 against TCU. Like, he's been struggling. So, I like – I know I'm, I'm just – I'm a big baseball guy, and I, I do a lot of he's due. If anyone's due right yeah. now, it's Sean McNeil. Yeah, and I keep on the he's due. I always go with Jalen Bridges, and I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that right, right now. Jalen Bridges since January. Yep. Yeah, I'm 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 off that right now. And what the heck? Let's move on to Jay, to uh, Sean McNeil. He's gonna he's gonna get off the slump. For me, I'm I'm gonna disagree with you just a little bit. I think West Virginia will key in on Nigel Pack. They'll uh, shut him down. He'll still score double digits, of course. He's that good of a scorer. Um, but I think they'll key in on him. And guys like Mark Smith and Noel will beat will beat West Virginia. Um, but West Virginia with the high-powered scoring from Taz Sherman, and I think Malik Curry will make a great impact off the bench. I think I'll take West Virginia in a close three-point win. I'll do um, I'll do eighty to seventy-seven. Eighty points. Eighty points. It, wow, you've got some faith in this offense going to Kansas City and shooting lights out, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I ha- I I have a just a, a gut feeling. I guess I'm going with I'll, right now. I'll pay five bucks if the Mountaineers score eighty. 80. <laughs> okay, deal. I'll take that deal. All right. Um, I'm going to go West Virginia, too. I just think – I think momentum's big at this time of the year. West Virginia getting that win against TCU, I just think, does something to their to – their, to them mentally. I think Kansas State having lost five straight also does not help them. And, and I think if West Virginia can get off to a hot start early, kind of, kind of get in rhythm, kind of get their feet wet, there's not a ton of guys on this team that have been to Kansas City. Obviously – um last year tournament they only played one game year before no tournament uh year before that you don't have many guys you only have 
Sean, Taz, and Gabe. Um, I think they were on that 2019 team, right, Aaron? No. No. No, they were not. 2019 missed the tournament. Yeah, yeah. So, I think – 2020, they didn't didn't get a tournament. Putting my ears together. I think it's 2021 still, not 2022. Um, (laughs) Anyways, I think their lack of experience will hurt them early. I think if they can kind of get going a little bit, get guys involved, get people on the floor, that helps – I don't expect there to be a ton of people there. I think Kansas State's fans will travel a little bit, but who wants to watch an 8-9 game at 6 o'clock in Kansas City? I'm not sure many. I'll go West Virginia wins by five. I'll go 72-80, what, no, 72-68-67. I'm not good with math. I I do writing, you know. Um, I would be 69, yeah. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Yeah, 72-67 West Virginia. I just think Taz will take over. I think big-time players make big-time plays in March, and I think Taz is a big-time player, and I just think he's going to have a day. Um, I think also a point is that Bob Huggins is a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, Hall of Fame coaches win these types of games, you know. Um, Bruce Weber, not too bad himself, but I have all the faith in the world in Bob Huggins leading this team as far as I can go. Uh, pivoting now to the tournament as a whole, um, I think I'm going to put my eggs in the Baylor basket. I think if I have to pick a team to win this tournament, I think it's going to be Baylor. I think they have a pretty good first round matchup with Oklahoma. And then I think they can beat Texas Tech or Iowa State. I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa State beats Texas Tech. Um, and I, I see Baylor having the easiest path to a final out of all these teams. I think Texas matches up well against TCU, and then Texas does match up again well against Kansas and what would be the semifinals. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Baylor as my champion. I just think they're experienced, they've been there, done that. They have so many guys from last year's team. This is March. Baylor's built for March. We've been saying that since I feel like October, November. And March has arrived. Prove it, prove it, Baylor. Uh, Zach, who do you think wins the Big 12 championship and why? I think I'm going to also go with the Baylor Bears. I think they're just too experienced. And like you said, they're built for March. They're a team that uh, will score on you. They'll, they'll play great defense. And um, I think, like you said, I mean, I hate to be coattailing off of you, but they, they do have an easy schedule. And I think they have the best the best chance to make it to the final. And if they meet a team like Kansas or Texas Tech, I think they have the upper the upper hand on a team like that. So I gotta take the uh, the Bears. Yeah, I got I got Texas Tech beating Baylor in the semis in a good game, and I got Texas Tech versus Kansas in the championship. Um, I like Texas Tech a lot, um, and but I'm gonna go Kansas with the experience um, with with Agbaji. And you, we forget, well, we don't forget, but it's in Kansas City. Um, Texas Tech versus Kansas in Kansas City. Um, I just think it's going to come down to a couple plays, and I think it's going to be – I think Texas Tech is going to be playing eight versus five, and um, I think Kansas wins the tournament. Yeah, how about we start a petition to get this thing moved to Pittsburgh? What do you think, you know? Um, uh, anywhere, besides <laughs> I, anywhere besides Pittsburgh. Anywhere besides I think to your point, Aaron, it's, it's, it's hard when you're one located – in a different time zone than the rest of the league. Um, It's even harder when you have to go to the perennial best teams home. Like you're going to Kansas city, Missouri, Kansas fans are going to show out. They're going to be there. It's like if West Virginia were to go to, I don't know, anywhere on the East coast, like you're going to get West Virginia fans there, no matter what I think I'm, I'm a, 
I'm a big guy who likes I like them moving these kind of games. He's I like them moving how they move uh, the college football playoff games. I like how they move those. I think conference championship games should be moved site to site. Or I think teams should host. Like I think one year you get it somewhere in Iowa, another year you get it somewhere in Texas, another year you get it in Pittsburgh for West Virginia. There's there's different ways to go about it. Um, I just think it's hard. It's not fair to teams like West Virginia. It's not fair to teams like Baylor, who getting to Kansas, getting to Missouri is hard. You know, like it's not yeah. it's not easy. And when you're the best team in the league and you get a home game every game in the Big Twelve tournament, it's pretty nice. So um, obviously, yeah, played it. Go ahead. Played in OKC. Played yeah. in OKC. Played in the Thunder's Arena. Uh, you got two Oklahoma teams. That's not far from Texas, where there's four teams. Get it out of Kansas. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, they had the Big 12 baseball tournament in OKC forever, and now they yeah. just moved it, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's right there. It's 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 where two teams are, and, and it's right – it's a state away from, from four major teams in the conference. I'm interested what happens when this 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 we get a little expansion going. You think they might move the tournament? That would be pretty pretty wild if they didn't move the tournament because you're going to have UCF, you're going to have Houston, you're going to have Cincinnati and West Virginia. So you have three East Coast teams at that point, but then you're also going to have a team like BYU way out there. You know, like what if they – what if one year they put it in like Memphis and the next year they put it in, I don't know, somewhere on the West Coast. I just feel like there's ways would, to get – I would think it's in Memphis or Nashville maybe. Could be yeah, an option. Nashville, Nashville would be fun. Um, I'd, I'd go to that yeah. tournament. That'd be fun. But <laughs> yeah. Obviously logistics are hard and things are hard, so we can't can't change too much. And I think we're just wishful thinking for West Virginia, who's tired of seeing Rock Chalk Jayhawk being played in Kansas City. Um I'm tired of it. <laughs> uh, do either of you have any other thoughts on Wednesday? Thoughts on West Virginia's season, thoughts on anything. Yeah, disappointing season, but, you know, I think it was a great turnout in the Coliseum on Saturday for a team with a losing record and still get, what, 11, 12K in the building, and it was it was loud down the stretch. So credit Mountaineer Nation for that. Um, I'm glad the seniors, you know, went out in the right way. Um, you know, I picked WVU against K-State, but I would not be surprised if K-State won with their experience. But it should be a good game either way. Um, you know, I just – I hope WVU shows up and doesn't know a show. Zach? Yeah, it's it's a great surprise to see so many fans in the Coliseum and even with a disappointing season. I think West Virginia has chances to make strides next year with a lot of young talent coming in and young talent progressing this season. I think they have a chance to make a stride next season. Um, but uh, Kansas State could definitely um, could definitely end our season early, could take away our hope. But um, I think it's something that um, I'm not sure. West West Virginia has a great chance. And I think that they have a chance to make a run in the tournament, but I don't know. Um, I'm losing my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I think West Virginia has a chance to make a stride this at the end of the season, maybe make a little run and then that momentum can carry into next year. So don't be surprised if you see an improved team next year for West Virginia. Yeah. And that's what we saw in 2019, that, that Big 12 tournament run. Like, they weren't going to go anywhere. They weren't going to make the tournament. But it provided some some spark for the next year. Now, granted, yeah. they had McBride and Oscar Shibway coming in. But it provided some spark for the next year. So I agree with you. Yeah. I just hope that this team doesn't roll over. As Aaron said, I hope they, hope they fight. Um, these seniors deserve – one last shot and the slate's been wiped clean last 30 games don't mean a thing you're 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 in kansas city it's go time everyone's oh and oh 
best team wins. It could be you until you're done. So play your best 40 minutes of basketball you can. I think this season has been a wake-up call for Bob Huggins. I think he's going to try and hit the recruiting hard. He's going to try and hit the transfer portal hard. He's going to do everything he can because I think what he wants to do more than anything is win. He wants to win for the state. He wants to win for these fans. And they showed out this year. And I want to give, like, if I was a West Virginia player, I would give the biggest thank you I could to these fans because they continued to show up game after game after game. You'd see blue and gold on the road. You'd see blue and gold at home. They showed up. They continued to support. They continued to be loud. And I think that's all you can ask for for a fan base. So with that being said, um, West Virginia's first game is at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday. It'll be televised on ESPNU, Mountaineers, Wildcats, who hopefully is a win for the Mountaineers. Uh, we will be coming to you after that game on Wednesday night with another podcast. Until then, we do appreciate you uh, listening. If you made it this far, we thank you. I'm your host, Wesley Shoemaker, joined by Aaron Parker and Zach Anderson. This is the BlueGoldSports.com podcast.